Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the weekend. Training camp day three is here as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 257. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with both C-Mac, Chris McPherson, and Ben Fennell to talk about the biggest takeaways from the third day of training camp down in South Philadelphia. And to be honest today... Not the most action-packed day of practice, but uh, basically another 10-10-10 practice, highly scripted, mostly walkthrough style pace, no pads, not even helmets today down in South Philly, but still some things to take away. And before we get to that, I just want to remind you, make sure you're checking out our live streams of practice Every morning, 10.30 Eastern Time, myself, Dave Spadaro, the Eagles Insider, we are hosting a live stream of the first 20 to 25 minutes of practice every single day. And you can find that on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, the Eagles mobile app, or any of the Eagles social media platforms. And what's really cool, what's really awesome, that's new this year, if you've got the Eagles app, you can actually go in and cycle through all the cameras we have at our disposal during that stream. We've got like three or four cameras going at all times, and you could sit on your phone at your house, wherever you are, at your desk. Even if you don't want to like watch and listen to Dave and I, you can go and watch all of the feeds that we're seeing and keep an eye on all the action. It's really cool. One of the many cool things uh, over on the Eagles official mobile app. All right. So what happened today at practice? Well, it's time now to talk with Chris and Ben. Let's dive into our chat now in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, guys, we're a really light day of practice down at the Novacare Complex today, the third day of practice. Basically a 10-10-10 and no pads, no helmets. Guys were, you know, most of the guys were masked up. All the coaches still masked up. It was a very, all the, the bucket hats were out. It was a very casual practice, almost like a walkthrough style pace. Uh, this morning down in South Philadelphia. So uh, not a ton of takeaways, but some things that we'll talk about today as I welcome in uh, Chris McPherson, Ben Fennell. Guys, I guess first things first, let's just get into some of the injury announcements and one in particular, uh, C-Mac. I'll let you uh, get, give us the latest uh, on what happened for the, on the injury front here today. Yeah, so the big one obviously is running back Miles Sanders. The team is deeming him week to week with the lower body designation. Teams don't have to give detailed injury reports until the start of the regular season. So that's why you're hearing these hockey-like terms with upper body, lower body. But obviously everyone's surprised because just a short time beforehand, Deuce Staley, the assistant head coach, running backs coach, was just talking about how Sanders' mental focus has been unbelievable. Deuce was asked if they needed to have a short yardage back for goal line situations. And Deuce was like, no. Miles can do it all. We don't want to take him off the field. And a short time later, we see, even though while Miles is on the sidelines, we find out from the team that he was he will be week to week with this injury. So I guess you could look back to the last season, his rookie season. He didn't do a lot of work at this time of year. Didn't do a lot of spring work. Wasn't on the field much leading up to the start of the regular season and was very, very good from week one as a complimentary piece and then took on a bigger role once Jordan Howard got hurt. So that's the big injury news here. A couple other ones, 
Dallas Goddard, upper body injury day-to-day. Sidney Jones, a lower body injury day-to-day. Boston Scott, lower body injury day-to-day. So, Fran, I'm sure you could touch on what that meant for the running back Mm -hmm. rotation. Fletcher Cox did not practice today. He was given the day off for rest. Uh, Of all days, I was going to say, you got to cash it in on like like one of the padded days with like – Yesterday was the day off. Yeah, yesterday was the day off. And it sounds like tomorrow they're going back to a more full routine. So tomorrow will be a regular day of practice. But no, it's certainly some impacts on the depth chart. Going back to what you said, uh, you know, Deuce Staley speaking this morning, uh, I thought he had some really good things to say about Miles and like his approach and his full understanding of the offense and how defenses are going to try and attack him and try and cover up against him, both in the run game and the pass game. I thought he had some really good things to say about Miles and none of that is affected by this injury, whatever the injury is. So you make a great point about you go back to last summer. It's not like he was a a full participant from start to finish. He didn't really participate in the spring really much at all after the draft. So it's not like it's the multiple weeks designation. Week to week could mean, uh, hey, he's he's back in pads, uh, you know, 10 days from now. But we'll see. It'll be very interesting to watch. So certainly something to monitor here is that running back rotation, something that uh, Dave Spadaro talked about in our practice notes piece on PhiladelphiaEagles.com yesterday kind of comes a little bit more into the forefront. And you mentioned Boston Scott day-to-day with that injury. So what did that mean for the running back rotation today in this light practice? Corey Clement got the quote-unquote start at running back, lined up on the first couple of reps with the first team. But some of the young guys rotated in there as well. So you got to see more reps of Elijah Holyfield and Michael Warren uh, as well in the backfield next to Carson Wentz. And that will continue for as long as Miles Sanders and Boston Scott are on the sideline. So while the running back rotation looked a little bit different and some different names that fans may not recognize the offensive line and the wide receiver positions were more brought into focus where we got to see what is the, uh, the projected first team starting offensive line for the first time really this summer, Andre Dillard at left tackle, Isaac Samalo left guard, Jason Kelsey back in after his day off yesterday at center that allowed Samalo to slide back to left guard, Jason Peters at right guard, and then Lane Johnson, at right tackle. So it was pretty cool just to see those guys out there for the very first time. And then J.J. Ortega-Whiteside made his return from his day-to-day injury. Uh, so he got the start at the X receiver position. That's where rookie first-round pick Jalen Rager had been. That bumped Jalen Rager to the second team. So he was backing up Deshaun Jackson, it seemed, on the outside. So some depth chart changes for sure, uh, you know, on the offensive side of the ball with the guys in and out of the lineup. But I, I thought those were honestly – from today's practice, and again, it was basically a glorified walkthrough, those were the big takeaways, right? Like in terms of like what we saw on the field, you weren't going to say like, oh, this guy had a great day, this guy had a great day. It was really more kind of just keep, keeping note of the personnel changes. You know, I'm still getting used to seeing some guys out there like Darren Sproles and Connor Barwin, our personnel guys, right. very hands-on, on the practice field, with the position groups, but seeing Sproles with the running back, I'm like, oh, Sproles, it's an off day for him wait a minute, he's not a player anymore. And, you know, he's still very energetic, still very hands-on. It's great to see the uh, the older guys giving back, mentoring. And these are guys that have spent time in the huddle in the locker room with Corey Coleman and Miles Sanders and things. And now he's on the other side. So it's just fun to see that relationship, the trust. I'm sure they already have a friendship built. And uh, it's just a little different seeing those guys that are right off the field, but now coaches and personnel guys. Yeah, that's it's funny. I guess that brings me kind of like the one big thing that I wanted to talk about, I guess, to start things off was to me, like when we have, and you guys know, being at these practices, when it's a day like today where uh, it's a light on action, 
the observations are more just like stuff happening on the peripheral, who's working with who on the sideline, you know, uh, just like the, you know, interpersonal conversations between guys you see from a distance. So, you know, you see Darren Sproles working, not just with the running backs, but working with the the returners. And that meant working with Jalen Rager, who saw a ton of reps as a punt returner today, not just during uh, the special teams drills, but even during the warm-up period. He had to catch like 100 balls today as a punt returner. And and Darren Sproles was right there behind him. And Deshaun Jackson right there behind him as well, just kind of coaching Jalen up and working with him, uh, which is pretty cool. Two guys, obviously, and Darren Sproles and Deshaun Jackson, who have been some of the best punt returners in the NFL when they've been in their prime. Well, the thing is, if you look at – Darren Sproles, I mean, he led the league a couple of years ago with two punt returns for touchdowns. The Eagles really haven't had that since Sproles was healthy. So the Eagles, in trying to find those little edges to be able to win, they're trying to look to rejuvenate the special teams, and they figure, okay, Jalen Rager, we'll wait to see what his offensive role is going to be, but at the very least, we can put him back there and use him. And when he's wearing that number 18 – it's reminding me of, of Jeremy Macklin. I can't help but to right. think of and conjure images of, of Macklin, who had that kind of hybrid role as an offensive player and a returner very early on in his career. But to me, they're trying to figure out, and this was someone, Rager, who was highly explosive in that role, was I think one of only two players. Ben, you, you would know this better than I would. I think only two FBS players had multiple punt return touchdowns. I believe Rager was one of them and set all kinds of return records at TCU. So certainly utilize him and find a way to get the ball in his hands and get him incorporated right away as a rookie. I can say that one guy for sure that pops into mind would be Jalen Waddle from Alabama, who coincidentally, Ben and I talked about this week on the Journey to the Draft podcast driven by AAA, which is now live. Uh, we talked all about the SEC this week uh, as we preview, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, the start of college football. So make sure you go find that wherever podcasts can be found. Ben, you brought up Connor Barwin. He's been working, obviously, with the, with the defensive line, and he, I saw him over at the O-line, D-line, one-on-ones he was the quarterback during the uh, the one-on-one drill so it was kind of fun there was one rep uh where Fletcher Cox kind of flew into the backfield yesterday and got a sack I forget who he was matched up on but he almost like wrapped up Connor and it was like you know he kind of relished the uh, you know, getting kind of giving it to uh one of his former teammates but it seems like Connor has been working kind of closely with Sharif Miller fourth round pick uh last year in 2019 so uh that's certainly one to kind of keep an eye on a couple other ones that kind of stats me guys and I'll just kind of roll through these real quick uh linebacker Duke Riley really working with Sean Bradley a lot during the special teams period today. Sean Bradley, who keeps like, kind of flashing every day, has like a, a play here or there every single day, had an interception down in the red zone towards the end of practice today. Nikel Roby Coleman, who the Eagles signed in free agency, to be kind of an unheralded signing, but uh, is going to be an impact player for this team. He's running with the starting unit in nickel in the slot, uh, certainly competing with Craven LeBlanc there on the inside. And Nikel Roby Coleman, you can see him kind of coaching up Sidney Jones on certain techniques up at the line of scrimmage. Avante Maddox kind of listening in, too. I know Avante Maddox spoke with the media, was it yesterday, C-Mac, you know, and talked about his relationship with Darius Slay and kind of how he's soaking everything up as a sponge. I don't know if uh, you were in on that one, but I saw a couple of the bites on social media. It was kind of cool seeing Avante talk about D. Slay. You know, Fran, quick question for you. How would you rate the competitive level and the competitive fire of the team in the practice? You know, no joint practices, Mm. no preseason games to prepare. Just want to know, there's obviously a lot of mentoring. Obviously, you don't want to beat up your own team too much. But do you see those competitive position battles or maybe an O-line, D-line getting intense? And where do you find or draw that line with, you know, not 
hurting your own team, but getting yourself ready to be in game shape and kind of uh, kicking up the competitive fire as we're getting close to the season? Uh, it's tough to say because, like, today was so light and day one was light. You know what I mean? So, like, we're only three days in. We, the, yesterday was the first, like, real day. It was pretty competitive. It wasn't, like, a lackluster practice, but it's just been a small sample size so far. To me, like, I feel like, ask me that question in a week as we get to, like, now we've had a few padded practices. My guess is we'll, ha- we'll have had our first live session uh, by that point where they're going to the ground. You know, it's, it's been kind of interesting just to kind of follow all the teams around the league and get a sense of how each coaching staff is kind of approaching this, right? I mean, you see what's going on with, like, the New York Giants and how they're approaching it versus how other teams are kind of handling it. Uh, everyone's going to kind of look at that differently and see what's, what's the best way to kind of approach this because you do want to take care of each other, but you also have to get ready for there's no preseason, uh, there's no test run to getting tackled and to making those tackles. So it's interesting to see how you're able to kind of get yourselves ready for it. I think the big thing you kind of touched on it there, Fran, with how teams are approaching this, it's you're just coming off that acclimation phase where you've only had a couple of weeks of conditioning work where basically you try to jam what you would have done in a normal spring from mid-April through mid-June and condense it into a couple of weeks, at least the on-field stuff. So they're just trying to get themselves back into – obviously they were getting healthy and they were getting football shape off the field, but it's different when you're in the facility. It's different when you have the coaches watching you and guiding you each and every day, although they were able to do a little bit of it virtually. But nonetheless, it seems like this is just part of that that ramp-up period to get to some more of the heated action that I'm sure it's going to be coming in the next few days. And I think we're going to have some fiery situations coming up here. I mean, the humidity is going to kick up. These young guys on the back end of the roster aren't going to have those games to show off. Somebody might take these practice opportunities to that next level, trying to prove themselves, because this is really the only opportunity they have. You know, without having that game tape, that game opportunity, somebody that may be on the fringe of the roster wants to show out and do something to get noticed. Sometimes that could be a little detrimental to the, you know, the production of the team, but more of an individual thing and just trying to take advantage of uh, whatever opportunities you get, which are obviously much slimmer this summer. Ben, you made a good point there, too, that, like, we've been blessed, luckily, the first couple of days. On Monday and Tuesday, it was, like, low 80s. It was pretty pleasant outside. Today, it was cool. It was, like, a little drizzle. Like, it, you know, it was overcast. The humidity is supposed to kick up next week. You know, it's supposed to be, like, mid-90s, you know, climbing up a little bit These hotter. are country club conditions yeah, this I'm week. Yeah, <laughs> I'm interested to see, like, all right, what, what happens when, when it, the, the intensity jumps up a little bit and it's a little bit hotter, a little bit muggier. And once we start going to the ground, you always have somebody taking it a little bit further and that's when things can get a little chippy. And, you know, we like seeing that competitive fire too, as long as it's to a certain level where you're not hurting yourself or the team. That's the thing is like at one point you'd have to take care of each other. It's what we talked about yesterday with Avante Maddox and Zach Ertz on that play, right? Like, could Avante Maddox have lit up Zach Ertz down the field, over the middle of the field? Of course he could have. And if it was anybody (laughs) else, he probably would have. But you understand the value that number 86 has to the offense. And it could have been, you know, if it was Jalen Rager going over the middle, I would hope that Avante would say the same thing. You know, I probably don't want to hurt the first round pick. Like, let's keep him upright. The coaches are constantly screaming, stay up, stay up, stay up, stay up, trying to make sure everybody can kind of preserve that health moving forward. Real quick, we're talking about Avante Maddox. A couple little things from the secondary. One thing I've noticed, Will Parks, obviously making his, uh, you know, kind of debut here in Philadelphia, right? Grew up a Philly kid, fan of the Eagles, goes out to Arizona, drafted in the sixth round by the Denver Broncos, now signs with the Eagles in free agency. I just kind of like watching him practice. Like, he, you could tell that he's just a, a pro's pro, high energy with everything he's doing, both defensively and special teams. I don't know if he's going to be like an every down player for this Eagles defense, 
but he's going to be the dime and he's going to be the big nickel safety, kind of like what we've seen in the past from like Corey Graham during the Super Bowl run where he's been playing a majority of the snaps and, you know, playing alongside Jalen Mills and Rodney McLeod and the rest of that defense. Really excited to kind of see he's a really competitive guy coming down uh, in, the, in the run periods, coming down and playing at the point of attack. I've enjoyed watching him during special teams. So uh, Will Parks is one guy that I thought I wanted to bring up today. And then the other thing, you know, we've seen uh, with this safety rotation in the past with Rodney McLeod and Malcolm Jenkins, Rodney McLeod, you know, 95% of the time in the post, Malcolm Jenkins, 95% of the time down close to the line of scrimmage. I have not charted it. I haven't like been sitting here saying like, okay, let's see how many reps uh, of each. It just seems like there's a little bit more interchangeable rotation with Jalen Mills and with Rodney McLeod, where we're seeing Jalen play uh, in the post almost just as much, it seems. And again, I haven't charted it or anything as close to the line of scrimmage. And to me, that allows the defense to be even more versatile and to hide their intentions, disguise things a little bit more. Because, you know, Ben and I, you know, we're watching film. If you see Rodney close to the line of scrimmage, you're like, all right, he's blitzing. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, it was almost like a tell of what was coming. And when you have two guys that now have those interchangeable skill sets, that opens things up a little bit. And it speaks to, hey, you're moving Darius Slay in and out. You're moving Avante Maddox in and out. Guys that have those versatile skill sets at safety, that helps uh, you know, enforce that as well. I'll touch on both players you brought up there. First with the Rodney McLeod, Jalen Mills. McLeod a short time ago said that he and Mills feel like they can be interchangeable and doesn't know how it's going to play out. But early on in practice, they're both very comfortable. They're getting used to the communication, getting used to feeding off of one another. Because again, even though Jalen Mills has safety experience in his background and has done a little bit of it here in the NFL, this is the first time he's doing it on a full-time basis. So he and, and McLeod are working out that communication, getting a feel for where each other works best. But McLeod was not surprised at all when he was point blank asked, the, to your point there, Frank, about how they're mixing up who lines up in the box and who lines up in the post. Going back to Will Parks, you mentioned Malcolm Jenkins a short time ago as well. And Malcolm Jenkins' role as a leader, as a player, isn't going to be replaced by one guy. There's going to be different facets that are replaced by several guys on this roster. And one of the things that Jenkins brought last year and in all of his time here was he was very energetic during special teams practices. In fact, he and right. Brandon Graham would be the first ones out to spread on the field to see who could get out to the ball first. And Jenkins relished, he loved playing on special teams. So you're going to need guys who are going to bring that juice, who are going to want to be out there no matter what the down is, what the scenario is. And Will Parks seems like he's that type of guy. So I'm not trying to compare, you know, that Will Parks is going to come in and do everything that Malcolm Jenkins did. But I think that you're seeing different guys in the secondary, like McLeod's taking more of a leadership role. Marquand Manuel said earlier today that Jalen Mills is a natural born leader. You're seeing some of those traits being passed along there. And maybe now you're seeing some of the things like who's going to be a glue guy, who's going to bring the energy, and Will Parks can help fill that role. Uh, you mentioned Marquand Manuel. Any takeaway? He spoke with the media this morning. Was there anything that uh, you took away from his media session? I know a couple of players spoke after practice today as well. Uh, Marquand Manuel, I would say, said that Darius Slay is on his way to being elite. Has been very, very impressed with what he's seen from him. Mentioned Mills being a natural born leader. He was comparing some of the guys to guys he had during his time with the Falcons. Point out Ricardo Allen, who made that transition from corner to safety there with the Falcons. Uh, and just the big thing with, with Manuel is confidence, okay? The big thing, and he basically it was 
brought up with regard to Sidney Jones, who has a blank slate. And he said, Sidney needs to come in, lunch pal attitude, bring his best every single day, but said how important it is for defensive backs to have confidence. And the one thing going back to Mills, Mills doesn't lack confidence. You know, that's the one trait. That's one of the things that I think Jim Schwartz has loved about over the years. Fans might be like, how is he always, you know, wagging the finger, you know, after every pass breakup, but that's what allows Mills to get over giving up a play in the passing game. Uh, He wants to see Sidney Jones have a little bit more of that. So that, early round talent that he had going into that 2017 NFL draft come come to light. You mentioned uh, Marquand Manuel. One of the things that I took away too, he was kind of working off to the side with Razul Douglas uh, pretty often today, I felt. And remember that where Marquand Manuel comes from, you know, he comes from Pete Carroll, Dan Quinn. Those guys work with big, long, physical corners and have gotten the most out of those guys with a similar skill set to Razul Douglas. So just something uh, to kind of keep an eye on here. Uh, moving forward with the play of Rizul Douglas, who, again, has been working uh, with the second team along with Sidney Jones at the outside corner spots. I don't think I have any other big takeaways. I guess one of the other things I wrote down uh, that I'd want to talk about, when the pads are off with these guys and you're out there for walkthrough, you know, the pads can be kind of like an equalizer in terms of, like, guys' physique because they, like, hide the guys that, you know, maybe aren't as built as some of the others. But when the pads are off and these guys are out there, you can really get a sense of, like, who's just, like, more physically imposing? Who are, like, the biggest, baddest guys, uh, you know, off the bus? We know that who the, who the offensive linemen are, the defensive linemen are, that kind of surprise you. Anthony Rush is just a large human being uh, at 66, number 66. He is just a large man. Uh, Josh Sweat, really impressive, up close, off the hoof. And then Elijah Holyfield at running back. Just three guys, and like, you see them up close, and you're like, man, like, this guy looks the part for sure. I just want to chime in. Deuce Daly said that Elijah Holyfield is a physical specimen. And that, things that shocker he, <laughs> from the bloodlines. Yeah, and will we'll play faster. Yeah. Then his time speaks. I know that was a big knock on him coming out of Georgia. Yeah. What hey, has the uh, Jalen Mills new number thrown you off yet there? For yeah, I'm actually rocking 21 now with Nicole Roby Coleman taking his 31. It actually, I feel like it suits him really well, the, the 21. He, he, <laughs> lo- he looks good in the 21. The hair, like the green hair, is like a really sharp shade of green. It's a very uh, uh, high energy green uh, going on up, up top for. For Jalen Mills, but a couple new bodies, new numbers to absorb. Will Parks twenty eight, Slay twenty four, Mills twenty one. We'll get used to it. There are some. There are a few out there where I'm like, I, I gotta like almost like check the book every day. You know, every single <laughs> time. But uh, no, it's been it's been fun the last couple of days, guys. I'm excited for things to pick back up tomorrow. Again, tomorrow the the pads go back on for these guys. It should be a regular practice for the next couple of days. The team is off on Saturday, um, so we won't have a podcast on Saturday, but we will have it every uh, one every day here as long as the Eagles are practicing, guys. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Great stuff from Ben and Chris, who you can follow on Twitter just like I do, at BenFennel underscore NFL and at CMAC Eagles. And while you're at it, I'm at EaglesXOs. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on any form of social media. That is one way to support the show. But the best way is going to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. I said it yesterday on the show. I'm going to say it again. Now's the time. Get in. If you've got questions about this Eagles roster, the scheme, any changes, and whether it's on the coaching side or on the player side, how we feel this team is going to look in the start of the 2020 season, which is only, what, a couple weeks away now at this point. Best way to get that question answered. 
go on to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, leave a question, leave a rating, and we will get to it here uh, on the next show. So thanks so much to CMAC. Thanks so much to Ben. Thanks so much to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcast offerings on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, including Dave's Eagles Insider Podcast, which you have to, if you're an Eagles fan, you have to be subscribed to the Eagles Insider Podcast. Gets exclusive interviews every single week. He gets all the, the big names in the building on a weekly basis. So make sure you go subscribe to the Eagles Insider Podcast wherever podcasts can be found. All that being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky Podcast, fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Duffy House, I am Fran Duffy. We'll talk to you tomorrow.